Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Jesus, and I go by Elusive Collectibles online. This is also Jesus, and I go by Doom Card online. And we're just a bunch of collectors getting together in a weekly uh, therapy session. Would you say it's a therapy session? I think so for sure. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bitch and complain about what we lost out on and what we're still chasing, but we can't yeah. find. I mean, stuff we're we're excited about. But uh, before we get there, a uh, little introduction for me. I'm a Marvel collector, a character collector. Obviously, going after Doctor Doom cards. Started what last year around March, I want to say February March, when the 1990 Impel. Uh, rush you know everybody was getting into it and uh before that i was into sports cards but it got a little too expensive for my taste so i found marvel and i've been with it since and we also share a passion for uh cars diecast to be exact and obviously um elusive has a long history collecting that i'm the rookie coming into this yeah i appreciate that man yeah so for me, just a little background as well. Um, not to go too deep, but you know, the, obviously people are going to get to know us the more and more they listen to this. Yeah. So I for sure got my collector gene from my grandfather on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. And he was a big collector of coins and uh, vinyl records. So it was just cool for me to, you know, go over to his house. He had his little back room, you know, um, and he had everything organized. And it was just cool to see him like take pride in his collection, you know, yeah. like just the way he arranged everything, the way he cleaned his stuff. And so that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I started collecting diecast uh, around the age of 17. So I've been collecting for seven, 16 years now. Yeah, going on 17 years. So yes, yeah, man, it's been a minute. Uh, and then in 2019, you know, growing up, by the way, obviously, and I'm, I'm sure we have this in common, you know, coming from, from nothing. Yeah. I, I never could afford any kind of like TCGs growing up, whether it was Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. So in 2019, um, once I had some, you know, um, extra income to be able to buy some of these cards, I think, you know, just to give people perspective and just to set like a timeline, uh, hollow rares for the Watsi sets were like 20 to 25 bucks a piece. Nobody wanted nines. Everybody wanted tens. So they would be pretty much giving away their nines just to you know just to recoup their their grading cost by the way because at that point grading was like eight bucks to ten bucks a card um yeah man so i i i completed the three gym sets and the base set two hollows and then logan paul happened so same thing like how how you were feeling about the sports cards i was priced out i didn't get to complete the collection that i wanted yeah and then also I felt like, dude, I, I can't keep these things. They're like they they're they're too much now. So I sold off the bulk of it and I got into Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for obvious reasons that we both enjoy the cards. The artwork is, in my opinion, better. You know, all the cards are full art. Some of the same repetitive stuff that you might have heard me say in the past, but th- that's my reasoning into getting into Marvel, man. And and um, unlike you, yeah. yeah, collecting, man. But unlike you, I can't do the character collecting thing. So I think I learned a lot of things from, from the Pokemon side for sure. And that's what gets me just, you know, I do have, um, as you know, characters that I PC, yeah. but in general, like anything I pick up is usually top 10, top 12 characters. But yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a little bit about us, man. A little bit. Be, yeah. When I was growing up, obviously, yeah, same thing, Pokemon. Um, really couldn't afford it. Um, you know, humble, 
humble background and humble beginnings. Uh, but I did, the one hit I did get was a Chansey Hollow off a 7-Eleven pack, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I don't know what the hell happened to it. I wish I had it, but no. But it, it, even like uh, going into cars, like I, I told you before, like uh, I started with model cars like around nine, ten years old, building model cars, um, painting them. Obviously, doing it the getaway because you you take a paint paint job messes up, get gasoline with your hands and run it through the through the plastic and to take the paint out. But then like the mold melts. It was just a whole deal that I didn't. You know, cement glue getting stuck to your fingers is just—it was just too much shit for me at you know at a young age. But um, learning about the diecast that that you got into, I'm like, oh, okay, seeing some lowriders, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, they got me, so I'm back. No, I'm yeah, sure. yeah, man. For me, I started with Batmobiles because for me, like growing up, it was a 1989 Batman, right? For I think for yeah. our demographic, as it's far as age group, that's the best one, right? It's the best. And um, yeah, it's designed by Anton first. Just the the jet engine looking like in the front, the cockpit that slides down. It's like some yeah. Top Gun shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's clean. So I, you know, I, I fell in love with that design, and that's when I started collecting. And then slowly, I transitioned into like other models. And one thing I even learned from Batmobiles because I went crazy. I went like that was my character collecting equivalent was yeah, yeah. Batmobiles, right? So I was yeah. doing as heavy as like yourself or someone like Norn that's in the community as well that was oh. super heavy into surfer oh, and yeah so that's what I was doing but I learned I was like man I can't collect all scales because the first thing you realize is how quickly you run out of room space right? yeah space. I got two that I think they're like 118 scale and it just takes up like half the desk I mean half the shelf over. they look clean but like you said they just take up too much space so too much space I decided to just chase 164 scale 164 so that's what i've been doing and um the amount of detail that some of these brands are able to fit in that small ridiculous ridiculous it's crazy man and like you know some people some people think it's funny when you're collecting little cars or whatnot but dude i see it this way you know if if you're if you're buying cars in real life number one if you got money like that good for you but number two congratulations yeah, I have all those little cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have them in a mini scale. So whatever whatever you got, dude, I, I probably got it too in my garage. Hey, man, I don't have a low rider, but now I got two. Like I do two on my desk. So, yeah, it it, uh, it gives you that fix for now. Yeah, and one of the parallels that's, like, very, very close to, like, even the Marvel stuff is, like, for example, in Marvel, the two main people that collect are either character collectors or character collectors like yourself. In the Hot Wheels space, it's usually people that collect sealed or loose. Mm, so okay. loose meaning you display your pieces and you just rip them out of the packs. And some people yeah. just love to hang the packs on the wall. For me, I love the loose because I want to see it. I want to touch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want uh, to no buy a little bit. Uh, yeah. And, and, and just mess with it. You know what I mean? And they roll better. Um, so it just depends on what, what brand you go after is what their strengths are. Some brands... Are um are a lot more detailed, but they're not meant to be played with. They're just more as a display piece. Like in fact, some of the tires won't move. They're just you know uh, stay still. Set. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I enjoy about it, man. And again, it's just the the chase. Like everything, if you're if you're a seal collector, you're probably gonna you know um you're not gonna enjoy it as much for me. But everybody collects differently. I respect yeah. it. I do both. 
I, I keep one sealed and I, I crack one open and, and display it. Yeah, but yeah, that's how I have fun with it. I, I wonder, like, talk, you know, getting the connection between cards and, and cars. Um, so would you say like the sealed is like sealed box collectors is the same thing? Was I mean, obviously you can still display it, right? So mm-hmm. you get that aspect of it. But yeah, I, I, you have some boxes, you know. I don't mm-hmm. understand that that um, perspective to it. Like, I understand the value behind it, but mm-hmm. the way I collect, uh, I couldn't keep it sealed. No. I think I think for sure I couldn't do it either again. Uh, but I, okay, so just being honest, like that's a great question, man. That's one of the things I learned from Pokemon. So in 2019, again, just to give you dates and times or um, references as far as pricing. Yeah. The first edition box was selling between 20 to 30 grand at the time. Um, what does that box sell for now? You know, like 400,000 plus. So if you want any reasons on keeping anything sealed, that would be the reason, right? So yeah, that, value, basically. yeah so knowing that I got super early into Marvel and, you know, I don't mind, I'm fully transparent. There's some people that like to, you know, like I wouldn't say hide, but they're more conservative on what they buy and what they're in it for. I don't mind sharing. I could tell you that one of the grill boxes for, for Marwa, at least, is the 2015 Fleer box. So I'm into that box for $330. And oh. that's probably a box that's a $10,000 box right now, right? Or about yes. to be. Yes. There's an auction. Yeah. yeah. So that's the reason to keep it sealed <laughs> right there. You but know what I mean? Like, from the, but you're also a collector. Like, do you get any joy from seeing it sealed? Like, what? what yeah. Like, how does that? I explain that because I, yeah. obviously I don't have any seal product, but I just don't, I don't have that experience. You know? Yeah. So I'll, yeah, that's another great question, man. For me, like I specifically that box, I got lucky and it's a super minty copy. So like, I don't know if you heard, but there's been rumors. Um, and I think Nat Turner addressed some of that uh, saying that there are going to PSA is going to start grading sealed product, right? Maybe oh. in, a, in a year or two, he didn't give a timeline, but he, he definitely said that they're going to look into that. Um, so if I had to give a, I'm not a grader for sealed product, obviously, but if I had to give mine a grade, my box is easily a nine, five to a 10. So I really, I just love how clean there's no creases. There's no nothing. It's a clean, clean box. So, um, I could see that's probably part of the motivation why Mm -hmm. you got it then. I can understand that. Yeah. Because even like design wise, like the, the boxes have a lot of artwork and, and its own self, like it's its own piece of art, but. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, keeping it sealed. Mm. I want to know what's inside. Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely want to know, too. Like, don't give me your look. There's another side to that coin. Um, if I sell that box for 10K or 12K, whatever it ends up going for, and I sell it to someone and they pull a green Spider-Man, yeah, I'm going to hate my life, You're of course. You're bitter about it, yeah. Yeah, but you no. can't, you have to, you have to, like, disconnect or uh disassociate yourself from that yeah you gotta cut the emotions out of it you gotta treat it as like an investment piece basically like Mm -hmm. yeah there's no point in opening it money-wise yeah and and, uh, again just to be honest like the way i'm seeing it is if that box alone could fund half of what i spent on my collection that's a no-brainer i get to keep all these other grill pieces you know so yeah that's yeah man uh, and you know we've talked we so how this started in even the podcast ideas because we have we have conversations what a couple of times a week mm-hmm. now and um yeah i'm going i'm going through that process too with my collection even my doom card collection like um 
just kind of simplifying because of the rush of money. You know, you kind of have to you have to figure out exactly how you want to collect down the line. And I think a lot of people who want to do character collecting or who are doing it now are going to face that soon or they're already going through it. And you really, with time, you understand you have, uh, you love a certain aesthetic about a card, like a certain, like even, you know, even when we break down the structure of cards, like um, there's always a portrait where the face is the, the center. There's always a full body shot. Um, and then there's an in-between with like the torso and up usually. Mm. Um, so finding your aesthetic, finding what, what uh, appeals to you. Uh, I know we were talking about it and, the, you know, the color matching to me is like one of my favorite things, right? Um, the special cards, the comic cuts, which not a lot of people are fans of that, but to a certain collector it is. So there's so many ways to collect in, in, in cards, and I'm sure there's so many ways to collect in every other collectible out there. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing, man, that there's so many options and so many routes you could take, you know, like, um, even like to your point about character collecting, you speak to someone like Norrin, like you said, that's been collecting Marvel for a long time. He has his own description of what he feels would be a character collector. But if we're honest, I mean, we were discussing this in private conversations before where, you know, I think he mentioned something to the effect of like, there's different tiers, right? Like if you want to do like a true master collection, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like you need a one-on-one plate. You need a... Yeah, it would be ideal to do that. Correct. But I Correct. think current times in the current wave, like now, yeah. it's just more difficult to do that. Yeah. And I mean, it goes, it speaks, it speaks on the fact that how early he got into Marvel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I think you were saying that, like the only people that are going to be able to do that now, if we're honest, is people that have money like that, that they could just... Money or or they have the collection already. Like they have some pieces they can, you know, let go of other stuff and, and kind of fill their gap. But also, if you have a if you have a collection that's let's say ninety five percent everything you you have from that character, it it gives you more motivation to go after it, right? Like mm. you're not just gonna mm, stop doing it that way unless you know financial things get in the way. But you know, people who had the foresight to have these cards and keep them for a while. Yeah, they, they have that. They can play in that area. Yeah. Or even to your point, like, or someone that, like, kind of what I did, that has a collection from another industry or another non-sport, you know? Right. If, if that's your case, like, if you if you had a huge Yu-Gi-Oh! collection and you want to get into Marvel, oh, man, I'm I sure had you Yu-Gi-Oh! Get... cards, too, man. Yeah. Had... It... Oh, God. What'd you have? What'd you get, man? Well, you know, I just had the starter decks, but you get a hollow hollow foil in that or whatever they call it. Um remember what was that? The magician, the dark magician. Blue Everybody eyes, wanted dragon. the blue eyes white dragon was the big one. Was the Exodia, which had like five different parts? Like, uh, I always wanted that. I never had it. Yeah. yeah, dude. Those pieces are nice too. Like, um, but yeah, if you could if you could move anything from one TCG to the other, and especially like for me. I, you know, certain moves that I've done are no-brainers because one thing that I learned, again, going back to that Pokemon thing is rarity. Like, I understood rarity slowly but surely. You know, like, I was chasing gold stars, shining cards, uh, trophy cards, uh, yeah. like, like promos that are hard to find. And then when I was, like, looking into Marvel, and then you find, like, for example, 
you know, me and you have this in common. We love the diamonds from Rittenhouse, yeah, right? Rittenhouse, yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know, Rittenhouse is a company that that used to hold the license for Marvel products in the early 2000s to mid 2000s. I believe. I think the last set was 2014. Right? 2014, yeah. So I think, they, I they, so. they had a set called Marvel Universe, uh, and they had cards that were numbered to 10. So there was three mm -hmm. parallels as far as numbered parallels. There were the Emerald numbered 100. There were the Rubies numbered 50 from the archive mm -hmm. boxes. And right. then there was the uh, Diamonds, right? And mm -hmm. to me, it's a no-brainer. If, if you could pick any of those up, like, again, I'll give you a good example. Like, I just moved a piece yesterday, to be transparent. I moved a, uh, you know about this, I moved the Gold Star Mew PSA 9. The pop on that card is 339 nines. So... You know, I got $1,175 for that card. I had moved one last year as well for $1,700 when I was closer to peak for Pokemon. Wow. And, I mean, you what can you buy with, with $1,000 in Marvel? Even now that things are going off, like you could buy a Royal Foil at a 10 yeah. right, for a thousand bucks of a top three character. You can get a couple of 2020, 2018 um, Silver Spectrums. Yeah. And they're numbered out of 10. So why would you not? It's a no, To me, it's a no-brainer why I wouldn't trade. I don't see it as monetary as much as I see it. I'm trading a card that has 338 copies. As of now, it could still increase. Right. or And sell that and get to a card that's numbered out of 10 or out of 25. Yeah. And it's in a, it's a, also like an evolution of collecting. Like you start yeah. in one area, transfer it to other. Like uh, I started collecting uh, shoes, sneakers, right? to collect the uh, Jordan ones, uh, dunks, and a lot of that stuff. I moved there after, you know, especially when the pandemic started. You can't really wear those shoes inside. Like they started going up to like a thousand dollars. I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable putting my foot inside something that's worth a thousand dollars. Let me let me go play around with uh, basketball cards, right? Mm -hmm. And being a Dallas Mavericks fan, like uh, trying to get Luca cards. Which happens just to be the most expensive from the rookie. the the rookie from that generation. Even like, I think this was what, uh, yeah, he was still he's probably still some of the most expensive now. But mm -hmm. uh, you then when I had those, I had like a small collection. Obviously, it's just photography, but uh, when you look at a Marvel card, it's just a different like original yes. art. It's just different. So I ended up transferring a lot of those, selling those, and, and sticking with Marvel, and then. You know, I played around with packs. I played around. I opened up a box of the 92 X-Men, the Jim Lee. Um, I had fun with that. Marvel Universe 91, I believe. I, I opened. I didn't know much about it, you know. I had, like, two graded pieces that I picked up, which was the Gambit, because of, you know, the X-Men cartoon going back to, you know, childhood. That was, like, the character I liked. Mm -hmm. And then the Doom. And then once once I started learning more and more, I, I chose Doom and I went full in. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, even as we're talking that, you know, for sure the market is going up now. It's going crazy. At least recently as of now. I, you know, for anybody that's wondering, today is January what, 19th yeah. of 2022. So as of now, the market has just started to get crazy. Um, everything's three to five Xing in the Marvel world as yeah, well. Yeah, good luck finding a PMG at a reasonable price. Yeah. I mean, again... It just depends on what your budget is, because what and I'm I'm there with you for for what's expensive for yeah. me and you. Uh, someone from the sports world comes in and goes, "Oh, that's cheap." Yeah. Oh, why are they so cheap? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, you know, more power to them. 
And I'm glad that they can pick up whatever they can because hopefully it trickles down uh, to Marvel in general. And I think we're already starting to see that with Masterpieces. We're starting to see that with 2016 Masterpieces, the what, the Battle Spectre Gems? Battle Spectre Gems. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I get it, the, the Spectre Gems as well, because they're numbered to 99. I personally, I'm not a huge fan of the turquoise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Color. same. It, if they were numbered just just the regular design, like the, the Venom and Carnage, the regular is like a bronze in the back or like a rose gold, whatever. Yeah. And if that was numbered in 99, I think that's superior, to, like looking compared to the turquoise design. Well, even some of the PMGs, being honest, they don't look that well. Like the the actual metal insert, some of those look better than the actual PMG, um, red or blue or green, you know? Yeah, and well, I think that's only exclusive to the 13s and 15s because once you get to the 17s, like the base like the blue, is ugly. Purple. No, no, but I think what you were referring to, this one I thought you were going with it. Like the if base. you get the base, you could see stuff in the background. Yeah, you yeah. can't see nothing in the background of the 17s. It's just all shiny. That's it. Shiny. You don't uh, see the yeah, background. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so, yeah, man. So I don't know. It's just right now, obviously, all markets are in a, in a bull phase. Hopefully, we'll see how long this lasts, just mainly because of the economy more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, me, you know, but again, not so much for the high-end pieces, but I feel like even on the lower end, you know, someone that's that has a job, even that someone, for example, like I said, I started off at 17 with diecast. So I'm picturing someone like that, someone that's just starting out their collection and that's 17 or 18 years old, if they're living with their parents, and they don't have many bills. You could be working at McDonald's or Starbucks and still build a very nice Marvel collection. Yeah, in comparison to like other cards, especially sports cards, like yeah, it's, it's very difficult to do that. You can you can get a lot more for your money in Marvel right now, um, especially when when we hopped on. Like, well, I hopped on last year. I don't know, like around that same time. Like, I saw you mention the Rittenhouse stuff to. I think it was a video with Norn, and mm -hmm. I went to Comp C. I saw everything except the Emerald, and I saw the Marvel 75th because, you know, that product also has diamonds, rubies, and emeralds. All those for, like, um, $7, $8. The, the diamonds were at 50 and I just bought them all. I was lucky. Were, found them all. They were grossly undervalued, man. Like, that, I think that's what gave me the edge. And, like, I've said this to you before, but, dude, I felt coming in, when I'm starting looking at these cards on Comp C, I'm like, I felt weird for a second, like almost like a too good to be true feeling. I'm like, out of 10 for $50 for a surfer? Yeah. No, yeah, I don't understand it. So I was just like, buy, 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 buy. You know, mm -hmm. and then that Doom, um, you know, I was like, you know, I'll circle back to that Doom. You know what I mean? <laughs> too I picked late. Up, too yeah. late, bro. I just mm -hmm. snatched it. You, you had to, bro. You know, otherwise, I was I would have grabbed it too, you know, but. And yeah, there's so many cards that were to me were no brainers. Like, I know the Miles Morales card uh, out of ten Royal Foils, probably a four thousand dollar card now, three to four thousand. Yeah, no, it's a big card now. I was able to pick that up in the highest grade there is of that card on uh, uh, BGS nine with 0.5 away from a nine five for four hundred dollars. So oh, you know you can't even buy. By the way, for anybody listening, I don't even think you could buy the one out of ninety nine for four hundred dollars right now. No, and it, and when I when I went after the first thing I went after were the PMGs because I understood it from, coming from the basketball side. 
Um, and I, I believe I paid around three seventy five for the blue, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the red was around two, two close to three hundred, maybe two fifty. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one graded had sold around twelve hundred, and there was just still a blue one there. And I was like, oh, I'll just get it, you know. Yeah. Went after those. Went after the twenty thirteen. Uh, inserts first the ti 22s the intimidation nations um, that stuff yeah well yeah doom wasn't in that though so you know mm. i didn't pay attention to i missed a lot of and also like if you character collecting you're gonna miss a lot of stuff because you're so focused on certain sets um, yeah we we talked a little bit about this before recording too with and you mentioned this to me that i i agree with i think moving forward again and this is only this is only going out there for people that are trying to build a collection, not people that are trying to invest. Because if you're trying to invest, then you have money already and you can buy whatever you want. But if you're trying to collect, I would say, like you mentioned, the Holy Trinity thing, where if you could, if, if you say, for example, you want to go after a Hulk, right now I'll just go after a really no, low number, as low number as you could afford of a Hulk, the best sketch you could afford of a Hulk. And then if you could afford an auto, you know, whether it's a writer's auto from 08, or uh, Edward Norton auto from the 08 Hulk movie. I mean, yeah. I, those are hard to find now, but if you could if you could get your hands on it, you know? But that's a good idea. Like, if you could just have a little three-piece collection for a character, and then you can... That also allows you, to your point, to, like, collect more than one character if you're doing it in that way. If you want to have a variety, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of these, you know, the OGs, which, you know, I spoke to Norton recently, and he, he talked about the other people collecting that way. Yeah, like... It's just, you can do, there's so many ways to collect. You can put your own rules. Like right now I have a collection and I'm starting to put rules in my collection, maybe, you know, downsizing a little bit, you know, uh, letting some go for others. And and that way I can play around with another character. You know, I can have uh, not just one focus because it does get tiring after a while if you just focus on one character. Like how many times have I seen green in a metal mask? Like it's, it's a lot, like, you can find uh you can find your own way to do it like uh especially now with the current prices like you have to be creative and obviously like even collecting in general it's just you being creative and what you like and, and trying to own some pieces that that fit your aesthetic your style like i, I think more people are gonna face that yeah and also too to be honest with you like for me and i think we should also share this in common which is we just love artwork great artwork you know as much as people say it's um it's objective uh or subjective uh, uh, some pieces can be you know and i know that some people love bianchi more than other people love bianchi yeah i'm I'm Um, one of those yeah for sure dude and 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 he does great work do i feel that he's like the top top uh artist from 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 uh marvel cards probably not is do i think he's the top top uh artist for marvel masterpieces yeah for the recent stuff, you know what I mean? But for me, what I what I was focusing on besides rarity and, and number was great artwork because honestly, looking, you know, looking through my collection now, um, I feel like I have an equal amount of like, you know, number to even just some base cards. I don't mind if they're base, unlike, you know, going back to the sports thing, if you're collecting Luca base, well, I feel bad for you, you know, but... If you're collecting base in Marvel, I mean, our cards are just awesome looking. That yeah, yeah. The, you forget the, that you're looking at a common, right? The lowest entry point, so it gives a lot. You know, they still look nice. You know, um, 
and yeah, we're, and you know, that's how we started talking. You know, we have a lot of similar thoughts, but we're also like very opposite in, in certain uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, 95, who's the best 95 artist? It's not Patellas. 100%. You know that. It's not. Don't. Let's keep it 100. I mean, remove your feelings from that statement. And Look, Patellas is nice. I love nice. a lot of his stuff. I'm not trashing him. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and that's it. Here's the way I see it, right? And I like this the is... Reese better, personally. You know, I like a little bit more animated, a little bit wackier, you know. I like people who take more risk. Mm-hmm. This is how I flow, you know. Yeah, and look, I know, you know, I know we're just shooting the shit, but I'll, I will say this. Um, it's easy to put a lot of that stuff to rest, you know, like the, the, the subjective thing. Because, look, we could, you could gather <clears throat> 100 people. Yeah. And and go through every single card in that set that Patelis made versus Debris. And I put money that people pick overall, the vote goes to Patelis. And, and I'm perfectly fine with that because that means I have more chance of getting all the Debris cards for myself. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, so there's pros to both. Like you were saying, it, it, it's always like if you if you like to collect wherever the attention is not at, you ha- always have the advantage. Like right yeah, now, you know, we talked about this. People... You know, even even other collector friends in the community say, oh, well, some people, some are optimistic, some are not. But some yeah. people will be like, yo, you know, you can't find deals anymore. I'm like, yeah, you can. If you're not looking for PMGs and Royal Hoyles, you can find deals. You know what I mean? There's so many different inserts. Throughout. Like, that's the thing about Marvel because it's such a rich history there. And when you start, you know, we we both like to look for data. I mean, when you start looking around and 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 checking out the checklist and really diving deep into it. There's so much stuff out there that's hidden. And if, if if you look for it, there's a lot of quality stuff that still hasn't risen to the prices of, you know, PMGs, which is obviously going to be the staple, the biggest thing out there. Yeah. I think, I think for sure, as far as now that the, the hobbies in an infancy stage, that's what uh, for sure sports people would say that we're in the infancy stage. Once it's like more mainstream, quote unquote, like someone like Pokemon, right? As you could tell by the prices of what those cards go for, once again, to what our, our cards go for. Once we get closer to a level playing field, uh, then at that point, I think that artwork and card design and, and rarity are going to trump PMGs. You know, um, but as of now, yeah, that's what that's all that people know. So people are just going to go go to that. And then look, to be fair, you know this, like, People feel certain ways about people's collections at points, right? There's people that I look at their collections. I'm like, man, that like Phil Monica, that guy's collection is crazy. I've never seen a, I never seen a better collection, and I probably never will, right? Like Steve Aoki could have all the PMGs, (laughs) but them, you know what I mean? Just being honest, like, and that's the awesome. I think that's the great equalizer in collecting, where you can have all the money in the world. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to find the rarest cards. Now, mm-hmm. can you? Yeah, you can, but it's going to be tougher than you think. You you also need to put the time work to get the knowledge. And I think. It, yeah, correct. Part yeah, of collecting ahead. for me, um, specifically on character collecting, it's just it's mostly deep diving it and trying to get the knowledge. That's that's part of the you know a part of collecting that I really like. I, I enjoy the the information. I enjoy reading about the history. Reading about uh, the, the creators who designed this stuff you know like i think it gets overlooked when we talk about it because of you know the popularity and and value and people coming in with money and you know 
showing their cards down, obviously because they're excited about it and they want to show what they have. But the, the knowledge is a big part of it too. Yeah, and the, exactly. And look, that's why for me, like, just to be honest, uh, Norton has helped a lot of people in this community. Like a lot of people that you see that, um, especially uh, the quote unquote, some investors that that have like, you know, huge PMG collections, okay. you know, I'm sure he middlemaned a lot of those deals and helped out. But, you know, I take pride in what you just said, which is doing your own research, right? Yeah. Because how many of those people, if no one was holding their hand, how many would have the collections that they have? I'm not talking about having like you to your point. I'm not talking about whether they have money or they don't. That's cool. I'm talking about what what they what their collections reflect. The knowledge. I mean, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I kind of screwed that up, but I guess what I'm saying is like they, they would have, have different pieces. pieces. They would have different Correct. pieces if they did the knowledge. Yeah, because you would you would find true rarity, right? Uh, you mm -hmm. would find uh, the the pack odds uh, vary so much, like in different sets, and, and just uh, even like the hidden stuff, like the Spider-Man auto you have, where you had to. Or collect a hundred different ones, send them in, and then get it back. Like it's ridiculous stuff. Yeah, yeah. And look, and uh, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think the card you're referring to is like the '98 Stanley Waringo Dual Auto. Yeah. It's one out of five thousand seven hundred packs and change, right? To us, I think in the hobby, that's stupid odds. But after talking to Collection Kings. <laughs> He was, he, I mean, a shout out to Arthur, by the way, from Collection yeah, Kings. He's amazing collection. awesome guy, super humble guy, super yeah. down to earth, keeps it real. Uh, I just love that guy. But he was telling me, he showed me some, some Stephen King autos, right? And, you know, you, I think you were privy to that conversation where yeah, one crazy, of the autos man. is one out of 29,000 packs. Ridiculous. So that's like, to, you know, six even, times rare. To think about. Okay, let me think about Stephen King. Let me think about, see if there's cards. Let me see if, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, a different wavelength. And, yeah. Correct. I mean, dude, look, again, it goes back to what we were talking about as well. Like, in any any new market, right, that emerges, before it was a market, it was a hobby, right, for, for, for people. And I think this is turning into a market more than it is a hobby now. It, it, just being honest, right? Prices dictate that. But, um Collectors always win, even in sports, right? Like, look at people that, again, money aside, looking looking at the people that right when the market hit in 2017 or whenever it was for sports, look at who, who was holding on to all the Kobe autos, all the Jordan autos. Collectors. It wasn't yep. speculators. It, it was wasn't collecting investors. it already, so it was natural to them. And then they knew the information before everybody flooded the market with money. So, obviously, the, their collection is ridiculous now. Exactly. So one of the things I, I, I do personally, since I'm a collector, is I always go for what 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 I enjoy, what I like, which I know it's super redundant. People say it all the time, like collect what you like. But you really have to see it that way, because, look, you know, I, I know me and you know, of people that will like pick up pieces based on speculation or based on based on what they think that it could do in the future, where mm -hmm. to me, if you buy a card and you don't like it yourself, why would you expect someone else to to like it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't like it, why would... Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, if, if you can... If everything goes to shit, in other words, and mm -hmm. you, you're happy with the cards you have, 
Then you're doing That's it right. how you know you did it that exactly. That's how you know you did it right. Doing it right. Obviously, you want to have some special pieces and maybe down the line, maybe you start just picking up random because I like the art. Mm -hmm. I started that way. I started chasing all these base cards. And after a while, like, yeah, I want a special piece too. Like, I, I want something that, you know, you you also want to show your stuff out. Like, uh, mm -hmm. not in a bad way. You just want to you just want to show the collection. Other people haven't put a highlight on a certain character. They haven't put a, you know, they haven't shown that character or you haven't seen that uh, set. Uh, yeah, you want some special stuff too. It's just natural. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people, everybody is human nature to want something you can't have, right? Or something that's just inherently rare. People, you, you naturally gravitate towards that. Because, yeah. I mean, even with the sneaker thing that you were bringing up, like, you know, I love that silhouette, Jordan 1s and Dunks. They have a similar a similar silhouette, right? As yeah, well as, um, yeah, similar show. The SBs, SB Dunks are awesome it's, too. Yeah. The you know, skateboarding and, with the fat tongue. Yeah, just a little differences. But the, even in that world, people, the reason people are paying top dollar for those pieces is not because some of them are a great piece of art. It, some of them are, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But a lot of it is driven by how rare the piece is. Yeah, and then the hype behind it too, mm -hmm. you know? And even like, it's funny now, thinking about it, like even some of those dunks, they got retro. They were retro from what, uh, 2001 or something like that. So even they have like their own buyback version, you know, it's like the, mm. they release it again. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure cars have the same deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like for, for, for diecast is more of like uh, where, where it's the same, uh, uh, they call it the same casting. So it's the same casting, but they have different variations of it, whether it's color, whether it's a different mm. uh, livery, whether it's different rims on it. Yeah. They always um, tweak something. Even the sneakers mm -hmm. is not the original, original, but mm -hmm. it's like almost there. And, and look, to be fair, and you know this, I think companies have to do that because they want to maximize profits from a certain casting, right? Like if they already went out their way to create the, the mold or the molds and the prototypes for it, There's they're going to want to, correct. It's the same thing. same thing. You know what I mean? It's crazy. We're like, there's a saying, you know, like once you see the truth in, in, in something, you see the truth in all things. And yeah. that's right. It's all the, the way they distribute the, the the products is for collectors is in similar fashion across every single product, right? Yeah. It sneakers, it could be diecast cards, it could be um cards, it could be watches. Oh man, don't yeah, watch see, but watches see, but how do we get like a diecast version of a watch? Like I want a nice AP, but I can never afford one. We gotta you, you gotta yeah. It's you just gotta, the same way. Yeah, yeah. Make it collectible. We need mm -hmm. like what do they call those? The fig pins. You need like a watch, mm -hmm. a, a different one. But yeah, someone's gonna invent it, and then we're gonna be the suckers over there collecting that shit. Yeah, yeah, man. And and everything goes back to that for me. Like to your point, like you know, starting out with the whole Batmobile thing, I honestly remember being on my phone and and waiting on auctions to end and hoping it was those obscure auctions that I was. You know, as we know now, like I was always going up to the, the auctions that would end not on Sundays at a random time. Yeah, because that just increased like my likelihood. Up at night and shit. Yeah, well, that yeah. that was the only way I could do it, man. Like if, if I was gonna win if I was gonna win a twenty dollar Batmobile for ten dollars, I wasn't <laughs> gonna win it if it ended on Sunday. You know no, what I mean? No, not at eight PM. No, definitely. So not. what that what that teaches you, or at least what it taught me, is to be not only resourceful, but like start thinking outside the box and creative, how, creative yeah. And how, how to get some of these pieces, like, you know, going back to your AP, it might be like a $70,000 watch or whatever it is now, depending on the model and complication you want. 
But yeah. if you imagine if you could um if you could do that just with marble cards and go get your grail piece, right? A, a Grand Seiko Godzilla to, was it 50th anniversary, 25th anniversary? There's one. Oh. Yeah, there's some great pieces, man. Like, yeah, I mean I share with you like my grail piece from Hodinki, the the Vacheron Constantine Cornus de Vache. Nuts. Right. Crazy pieces, very simple chronograph, but again, like some of the, I'm a, I'm priced out of stuff like that myself. I can't, you know. And then it goes back to your early point that you said is like, even if you could afford it, if once you know that it's a certain value, you're probably not going to want to wear. No, once I had the Travis Scott <laughs> Jordan ones that were going for like eleven, twelve hundred, I can't wear it. Sorry. What are those going for now? Is this still around the same price? I'm sure they're over fifteen hundred now. Like mm. they have to be. I haven't checked in. Well, look, I left it. I didn't look back. Like I was no, nope, I'm leaving. Because mm. then you think about, damn, I should have kept that. No, mm. I'm not thinking that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can't keep everything, man. It's yeah. tough too. You know, it's. Yeah, I, I would love to keep just... everything. And, and the advantage of people now is like there's so many people out there who are educating people in Marvel, specifically mm-hmm. talking about Marvel. Um, you know, you know, our friends and stuff, even you, your channel and, and you know, uh, uh, Marvelous Packs and you got mm-hmm. Josh and Marvel Madness MCU, like uh, all these people who are creating content and you watch me open like all these YouTube channels that you can go flood, get get all the information flooded to you in a, in a video. You yeah. watch box rig. You can, you can do all that stuff now. Like, there's no excuse on not having the information. You know, like when we were digging, mm-hmm. like we were. I had the podcast, the MCCW podcast, mm-hmm. and I was going through. I found trading card database website. Go yeah. there. How many cards does this character have? Get it like a like a rough estimate. Like, if I go down this rabbit hole, how far am I going down? Like. Captain America, this what nine hundred thousand Doom one seventy something close rough. Okay, yeah, let me stick to Doom because I can't play around other areas. And to be honest with you, like it's funny that you mentioned that you're gonna laugh at me, but like the first three months that when I was picking up pieces, I didn't even know about end lists. I didn't even know about that was. I was using cardboard connection, but the majority of what it was for me, to be honest, is like. And you get this just being a collector and, and, and after a while, like it just happens, right? It's like any other muscle, but like going with your gut and going with your instinct always works. And, and, yeah. and if it fails you, you're just going to fine tune it the more you use it. So yeah. I would see a piece and I just felt like, dude, if that's again, going back to the thing of like, yo, is this a top 10 character? Yes. Check. Is this, is this great artwork? Yes. Check. Is it rare? Yes. Check. Is it undervalued? Check. Bye. Do I like it? Yeah. Yes. You know, if I don't I mean? like it. I don't care if it's rare. Like it's not. Yeah. Fair. Well, again, for me, I have to check those boxes. Like undervalued, yeah. rarity, the artwork, and a, and a, and, a, and a decent character. You know, because I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Going back to the Pokemon thing, then when I was selling some of those things because I was trying to complete the sets, can you guess how many people wanted my uh, vial or um, what's it called? Uh, what is that? I had it right in my tongue too. Like just a random Pokemon. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like. People wanted, yeah, that that guy, yeah. Like, people weren't jumping, you know, it wasn't blowing their hair back. Yo, let me get that piece. No, people were going after Charizards, Blastoids, Mewtwo's, Mews, Gengar. Those are the main five. Who were the top five? Those were the top five, then. I think so. Yeah, I think think it's Charizard, obviously, Pikachu, yeah, Charizard or Pikachu. Look, if you look at popularity, 
Is it the yeah. four original and then another one or what? Yeah, the four original, Pikachu, the bit, but then you add Mewtwo and Mew. I never got the Mewtwo and, and Gengar. Dude, uh, dude, I mean, maybe I you haven't seen some the cars. promo. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them. But yeah. obviously that movie promo was cool. Like I had that one. Um, I really like Ditto from the game. Yeah, the trio. Thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I like Ditto. And Charmander was, you know, I played the Pokemon Red. So I was just naturally gravitated towards Charmander. But yeah, it's interesting how, you know, how the how the masses tell you what the popular ones are. Mm-hmm. But then look, we learned that. We, I mean, there's no better example than Marvel. We talk about that all the time. At least we, when me and you started having earlier conversations, we would talk about how there's top ten characters in Marvel that command the most in, in, in price and and even in volume of sales. But then there's the obscure characters, which you already know the names. I'm going to repeat them to you: Surfer, Gambit, Nightcrawler, um, Doom, even right. Those are those are um, characters that they might not do as much in volume of sales, but they command. Sometimes yeah. the same, or sometimes even more prices than top ten characters. They have a lot of respect. They have a cult following. And for me, like Doom, you know, it's funny. Growing up, X Men was my gateway into not, yeah, I guess you can call it gateway into Marvel, right? Like that was my reference. Um, I didn't grow up with comics, you know, unfortunately. Like I didn't have. Yeah, me neither. So, but I knew Spider Man because Spider Man was everywhere. I knew Spider-Man and I knew Doom. I don't know how I knew it. I knew that Metal Face, probably because I listened to hip hop all my mm-hmm. life and the MF Doom had like the covers. You would see those covers pop up, you know, it, when you go by, you know, back in the day, you go buy a CD or like you're looking at reviews and stuff. You always see like uh, MF Doom stuff. So it's funny how those characters, I think they have like different, um, different popular, like, Different people, fans from different areas, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's like, um, they, yeah, they have cool, like, followings within. It's it's almost like printing plates. Like, n- not everybody collects printing plates, but no, the people that one. do, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I missed out on, you know which one I missed out on? Um, the 2015 uh, Retro Flare uh, Spider-Man with the Doc, uh, Doc Ock behind him. The one that has the auto, the impel. You saw it for sale. Oh, the whole rainbow, all the printing plates for fifteen hundred. But I didn't pull the trigger because number one, just being honest, it goes back to like collect what you like. I'm not yeah. huge into print. I get the printing plate thing. They're one of ones. Technically, they're one of ones, but they're not really one of ones, right? Because they're one of four. Yeah, one exactly one of four. So yeah. that's why. And then the best looking one is always the one that's harder to get. The the black one, right? The one that's black. I think that's the hardest one because most people prefer it. Because the contrast. It, you know yeah. what I mean? Otherwise, if you get the yellow... It depends. One, yeah, it depends. Mm-hmm. Some of the magenta ones look really nice on, on certain sets. Like, because there's a darker one. So, And I've seen a lot of 2018 Bianchi ones um, sell for, like, cheap recently. And it's like, ah, I wish, I wish Doom plates would pop up, but... Yeah. But those are niche. Like going back to that, like if you if you had that and you wanted to offload it, and you know, people, some people might argue this, but I, I don't think so. Like if you get a printing plate right now of Doom and you take it to a car show, I don't think people will pick it up. No, because even in sports, like I had a couple printing plates of Dirk Nowitzki, you know, mm-hmm. from Dallas Mavericks, obviously. And um, yeah, no, you can get them cheap. You can get them under 100 on some of them. 
Um, and they look cool to me, but like it was, yeah, only certain collectors really like that stuff. Yeah. Hey, another thing that I want to ask you about, man, for, and I think we we have uh, similarities on this as well, which is like the process of acquiring a piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like the research phase is number one, right? Mm-hmm. Once you research it, then it's in your head. Then when it's in your head, you're looking all over for it, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing whatever you can. Like, dude, you look harder. I Again, I'm only speaking for myself, but I'm generalizing you look harder for some of those cards than you do when you're missing your fucking car keys. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? Like you're looking everywhere. That, once an idea gets in your head, you're fucked. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're oh. just, you're just, uh, overwhelmed. No, not overwhelmed, but you're obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. At least for me, like that's how mm-hmm. I see it. Like you're obsessed with it and you're like trying to, oh, I could do this. I could do that. No, let me, uh, I don't need that. Right, let me do this. This is a whole like uh, inside struggle. And once it's clear, and you're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm getting this. Mm-hmm. That's you the know, next part. You know what I find interesting about that specific phase that you're, you're referring to? Where it's like you made a decision that you're going to, no matter what it takes, you're going to figure the fuck out, right? Yeah. Okay. Dude, if you if people use that same logic towards life, like think oh. about it. Like if, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like if you really want something. So much shit in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you really just went after it the same way, because look how creative you fucking get, right? You're like, oh, I'm gonna move. You start doing all, you start doing fucking um, collectible math. Whether you're like, okay, I know this guy's looking for this. I know that, okay, I have that. I'm, I'm willing to give this up. And you start going like, boom, dude, it's like uh, uh, the shit from Limitless, right? Like you you start going all this fucking formulas in your head and you're like, yeah. boom, I got it. Yeah. And dude, you figure it out very yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I definitely need to apply some of that in my life. You know what I think it is? I think it's the, the, the missing part of the equation in order for you to be able to do that is passion. Yeah. Because, passion. right, because you already have the resources, right, in, in your yeah. head. Like you you yeah. already have the ability you, to do it. You have the knowledge. You can have the knowledge. Just open up the web page and just go find information. Obviously, now with YouTube and, like, podcasts, like, so much information out there. Um, yeah, there's no excuse now. It's just motivation and passion yeah and if you if you have the passion the motivation comes bro right? yeah like because like, then, then you get competitive then that competitive kick comes in and you're like okay i'm gonna do this, do this, do this. well look to your point i mean again and i'm not i'm not trying to um what's the word i'm, I'm not i'm not trying to do it in any negative way because i couldn't find the word but yeah. to give a good example of that when i came into the hobby um, do you think I was the only one looking for that 2015 box? No. There was OGs to your to your point, dude. For Charles, years, probably. Stacking gems, um, Norn, including Norn, they were looking for that box. So I knew that the only way I was gonna have an edge over them because I don't have an edge in money, and I don't have an edge in, in knowledge, but I outworked them. Yeah, you stayed up like a vampire and then snatched it. <laughs> yeah, but people were calling me Morbius for a few minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was, you think it's funny, but like, yo, Jin, no, Jin, I know. Shout out, shout out we've to been Jin, talking man. now, like when we get together and this stuff goes to 5 a.m., like, yo, I got to tap out. I can't, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm old. I can't do this. Yeah. By the way, we're the same age. I got two kids. Younger. I don't want to hear that. Nah, yeah, I I'm a that. little bit yeah. younger. But yeah, we're yeah we're the same age basically. Hey, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was thinking about an idea. Like, okay, if you can have one thing brought back from like stuff that you collected when you were little, 
and it what would you choose to become like a craze like a hype for a certain specific collectible that doesn't exist right now that's a great question because i have one specifically i have three that comes okay okay let me go first Mm -hmm. growing up you we you know i live in like the mexican side of, of dallas of like you know so we go down to the grocery store there's always a vending machine you put in 25 cents 50 cents i forget whatever Every time, you know, my parents went every week, put in my coin, you, you know, you hit it and it comes back and you get one of those white cardboards that, you know, have something inside. Lowrider stickers, black and white lowrider stickers. I wish they were a popular thing. I've been looking on eBay, you know, I found some, but like, I wish that stuff was back, you know? Yeah. That's a good one, dude. That's a, that's a, I love that. Love yeah. That. You know, I'm going to go straight Mexican with you then. <laughs> so for, because for me, it's two of them. Um, trompos, oh. which are also called uh, uh, spin tops, or what are they called? Um, yeah, top spinners, I guess. I'll, top spinners, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's very similar because some people use it to play with and some people use it as a skill. Like, you know how people are like super pro at yo-yos? Yeah. But that's another one, yo-yos, uh, which I would, I I would tie them yo-yos. together. Yeah. What would you know about the Omegas, bro? Hey, I had the Omegas. What are you talking about? I could, I could walk the dog. I could do what, mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower. The swing. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, the elevator. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I got busy with it. So that was one. So I would say that the, I would couple that together, the OEO with the top. Another one, I'm going to go back on you again, the tops. The, right? Okay. The, the, um, uh, what were they called again? The, the pogs, excuse me. All the pogs, yeah. Pogs were OG, right. dude. Hey, with man, people, people still go hard on those. Like, there's some collectors out there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, and like, um, yo, know, going it, back to yeah, the collectors that, that stuck with it. That was the what? That was the '90s, right? That has mm-hmm. to be the '90s. And then the last one for me is um, so yeah, so so pogs, uh, tops, and then um, uh, I lost the third one. Uh, I'll do an honorable mention, which is yeah, I was into Marvels as well, playing Marvels. Canicas, canicas, dude. Hell like yeah. some people won't know what the hell that is, but. Or how to play it, but that was yeah, it was yeah. just a lot. There was more outdoor games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was oh, a neighborhood here, game. It was a neighborhood yeah, here, game. Here's one that I enjoyed a lot, dude. Uh, using a slingshot. Yo, I was I was nice with the slingshot. Well, I'm hey, just being you throw, hey, my dad. You know, my dad made me one, right? He, he made one out of wood, so mm-hmm. it was like the super nice one. And then he's like, "No, look, what we used to do back in the day: get an orange peel mm-hmm. and hit people with the orange peel." Thanks. Things, bro. Hurts. Now I would use rocks from or old old marvels that I was that I could. savage with that. Now, yeah. I mean, I was you know back in the day, just being honest, like either especially if you grew up in Mexico, you were either killing birds with it. Let's keep it one hundred, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or you were hitting like beer bottles to practice your aim. No, right? and that was fun. That was fun. Super fun. Like to me, yeah, that kind of stuff. If people were still collecting that heavy, it'd be fun. Or the tech decks. I don't know what that is. You the little, the little skateboards that you could do with your finger, oh, fingerboards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, had, people, people were heavy with know, that. Pe- people were heavy with that, and they had like the, you know, I guess what you call the dioramas, the ones where you could like they have the half pipes and stuff. Like, they fucking had a fucking skate park in their in their fucking oh, house. Some people, it's crazy. Yeah, and and that goes back to the Hot Wheels. Like I remember, my mom was working uh, for, uh, you know, she was cleaning houses, so like the people there bought a. a Growing up, we didn't always have uh, Christmas presents, right? Like, we had to go to, you know, just sign up 
to that place. I forget the name of it, but like then you get your children can give free gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember one day um, getting a Hot Wheels, like a whole like the whole circuit. And just oh yeah, having it built. Oh man, that was so much fun. Dude, all that, again, all that shit is fun. And I think this to close out with it. I think that drives most of collecting, yeah. which is nostalgia, right? Nostalgia is probably the biggest factor. And I think it goes back to, yeah, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I know you agree with this, but everybody's different. I yeah. think it's what you couldn't have as a kid that you yeah. chase now. Or you didn't know existed. I didn't know Mario yeah. cars existed. Yeah. But I mean, even if we did, we probably couldn't afford them. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no way because I can't afford Pokemon, but like you know, yeah. I mean, unless you were like, I think Norton has said a couple of times that that the 90 MU were 25 cents. I mean, maybe those, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't about those. No, if I had 25 cents at that age, I was getting low rider stickers, <laughs> yeah, and the low rider magazine. Like, I was just all out low rider. But... So, so for sure, you were the guy with the I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a detail. You were probably with the guy with the white binder. With the see-through top, and then you would put your stickers in the thing. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. That was the thing to do. Yo, back in that day, I was doing. I was drawing heavy into Dragon Ball, just doing Dragon Ball. I was never good at tagging. I always loved taggers and and the skill they had. You know what I mean? But I I was always afraid of getting that black sketchbook and then trying it because I'm like, what if I fuck up? I don't want to. You know, yeah, they weren't giving want... those away. They were like two, three bucks, bro. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. like you can't. And then what? I'm gonna rip it. It's just gonna look bad. But yeah, no, definitely, that stuff was fun. Yeah, man. So for everybody watching, again, the podcast is non-sports diecast and collectibles. Um, so me and Doom are gonna be dropping these probably once a week, for sure. Um, if anybody, if anybody has suggestions on what they would like, you know, some of the conversations or topics to to be yeah. on. Yo, drop a comment if you're interested in anything. Again, w- me and him already have these conversations regardless. Yeah. The difference is you, you get to listen in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? and definitely Doom is better than Surfer, like 100%. And on that note, we'll end. You know, that's uh, false information. You guys have a good one. <laughs> All right.